So let's begin talking about the issues with the mitral valve. So oftentimes it's referred to as a leaky mitral valve. Uh, it also goes by other names like mitral regurgitation or mitral insufficiency, mitral incompetence. Essentially, all those terms means that the mitral valve is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, which is directing blood flow in one direction and not allowing it to go back in the opposite direction. So when it's not doing its job, it, it's therefore leaking and letting blood go in the opposite direction. And this leaking valve mm -hmm. is in the heart. That's correct. It's one of the four valves in the heart. Um, it is located um, between the left ventricle and left atrium. That's the bottom chamber and the top chambers of the heart. And normally, uh, valve comes from the lungs. Oxygen, freshly oxygenated blood comes from the lungs and fills the left atrium. And it is then injected into the main pumping chamber of the heart, which is the left ventricle. When the main pumping chamber pumps uh, and pressure increases, the valve closes, and it doesn't allow blood to go from the left ventricle to the left atrium. See, blood is only supposed to go from left atrium to left ventricle, not vice versa. And the heart pumps the blood out of the aortic valve and into the rest of the body. So, so if that valve is incompetent, not doing its job, uh, blood goes back into the left atrium and depending on the severity, this makes uh, the heart uh, beat very inefficiently. So how does somebody know they have a leaky mitral valve? How do they feel? It all depends on the severity. Millions upon millions of people have a mildly leaking mitral valve. Uh, this is usually not something that you have to do anything about. Uh, we see it all the time on, on echocardiography. Patients don't feel any problems with that. Um, however, if the valve starts to be leaking to a moderate to severe or to a severe degree, patients will typically develop symptoms. Um, the most common symptoms is what we call heart failure, where the lungs fill up with fluid, it's difficult to breathe. Uh, but other symptoms might be uh, palpitations, other kind of arrhythmias that, that might arise, rhythm problems with the heart, and uh, swelling in the legs, and fatigue. How do you normally treat this problem? Normally, when the valve gets to a severely leaking degree and patients have symptoms or we see deter deterioration of heart function on echo, then if the patient is an otherwise good surgical candidate, mitral valve uh, repair is the recommended treatment. That's an open heart procedure, isn't it? Yes, that's an open heart open procedure. Heart. That is the traditional, and still, to this day, is the gold standard best way of fixing that valve. That's major. I would think that a lot of people wouldn't be able to tolerate such a big operation. That is correct. And to build on that, the incidence or prevalence of mitral valve disease goes up with age. And so it's not as common of a problem in the 40, 50, 60-year-old. But then once you get over the age of about 75, it's, you know, 10% of the population have some form of mitral valve disease. And so at that age, we're talking about greater than 75 now, you know, you do, stand, you do start to have a little bit higher risk of going into the operating room. And if you throw some other medical diseases along with it, then that, that increases the risk. So what we do is we have a surgeon evaluate each patient and say, yeah, this patient would be 
too high risk to undergo open heart surgery. So why is the MitraClip so exciting? The reason it's such an exciting option, I'll start with that, um, is because all of these people that we are talking about that could before not have any treatment uh, other than palliative could now have definitive treatment that, that corrects the problem rather than just treat the symptoms. What it is, it's called MitraClip, and it's literally uh, a clip that we place on the mitral valve. The idea behind it is that it clips the two parts of the valve to uh, what we call leaflets, two sort of wings of the, of the mitral valve together, right in the center of it or wherever the leak is. We try to place it right there. The reason that, you know, open heart surgery is the gold standard is because, you know, the valve, the surgeon repairs the entire valve, makes sure it looks perfect, okay? And the expectation for mitral valve surgery is that you get a perfect valve without any leak. With mitral clip, it's a little bit different. These patients, like we talked about, are older and more frail and not able to undergo open heart surgery. And so our goal is not to eliminate although it would be nice, and sometimes we get lucky, you know, and get a beautiful response like that. But our goal is not to necessarily eliminate the leak altogether, but it is to reduce the amount of leak. What the heart really cares about is how much volume, how much blood is going in the wrong direction. And so if we're able to decrease it from, say, 60 milliliters to 20 milliliters, for the heart, that is a huge difference, and that makes the difference for the patient as far as the symptoms go and heart failure rehospitalizations. How does it work? If you think of the mitral valve as a parachute, so a parachute has all these strings that hold it. Um, if one of those strings pop, uh, if you think of the, the parachute as kind of opening and closing in the middle, if one of those uh, strings pop, then the parachute might not close perfectly. And so that area might leak. And so that's the area that we clip together. So instead of the mitral valve opening kind of like a fish mouth, okay, it now has what we call a double orifice, or it's closed in the middle, and then it has these two holes on each adjacent side of the clip. But the part that was leaking is the part that's clipped. And so it eliminates most of the uh, leak. What's it made of? It's made out of cobalt... And uh, it is a mixture of uh, metals. It is commonly used in medical devices that are implanted, so it's not like a new okay. um, material. It doesn't cause any immune reactions or anything like that. Also, the part of the clip that holds on to the leaflets uh, has polyester type of um, lining on it, mm-hmm. and that material enhances tissue growth. Oh, okay. So, so the tissue, will, so grow the tissue will grow around it. If you okay. go back, if you go back 6 months later and take a look at a clip, mm-hmm. it's not like you just see the clip like the day you put it in. Right. It's it's all overgrown with tissue. Okay. And that's what you want because sure. you don't want the body to constantly see a foreign material. Of course. It's not, once once it's covered with with the tissue, um, you don't need to be as aggressive with blood thinners and things like that. It's a minimally invasive procedure. Um, 
that's the other part that's exciting about it. Not only do we have an option for these people that we otherwise didn't have an option before, but it is an incredibly minimally invasive procedure. Uh, from the patient perspective, they go to sleep. When they wake up, they have a, a bandage on the right groin where we went in. That's pretty much the extent of it. They don't, they don't have, you know, open scars or chest wounds or chest tubes or anything that, that's really hurting and sore. Technically, what we do is we go in the, uh, we make a puncture in the right groin, and using wires and catheters, we go up to the heart. Uh, catheters are just plastic tubes that we use to deliver things. We cross from the right side to the left side of the heart, and that's where the mitral valve lives on the left side. And through this uh, device, we, we deliver the mitral clip to the mitral valve, and we use imaging or transesophageal echo to, to guide it. After the procedure, how quickly does a person get relief? Not every patient is the same. Sure. Uh, many patients will experience uh, relief of the shortness of breath immediately. Not every patient. Most of the time, they will still continue to need some support with uh, the water pills that they were on before. What we aim to do is to decrease the, the leakiness of the mitral valve by two grades. We have a grading system, so we try to decrease the, mitra, the leak by two grades, and we'll follow the patients, obviously, over time and see clinically how they're, feel, how they're feeling, how they're doing, and also uh, measure the leakiness of the mitral valve and the overall pump function. Sometimes when the valve is leaking a lot, the, valve function, the, the pump function of the heart starts to decrease. And so that's another thing that we monitor. Changes to the patient's lifestyle after the procedure. Uh, you know, in fact, it's not that we prohibit them from doing anything, but they feel like they can do more, usually. Purely from a, a bleeding standpoint, we ask, you know, not to lift anything heavy for about 48 hours or so. Uh, but otherwise, patients go back to their normal way of life, and uh, there are no restrictions unless there's other medical conditions sure. that restrict them. Fantastic. Dr. Altit, thanks so much for the update.